You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. To the gas show and try to squeeze. My name is Steve Whitman. I'm joined as always by my two dear friends, Emily Cannell and Dan Volpone. My first question is for Dan Volpone. Dan, two part question for you, my friend. Number one, what was the first concert you've ever been to? And uh, part two is, have you ever been to see Kesha live? Okay, so part one, the answer is Florida Georgia Line. Wow. Um, I feel like so, I knew this. Did we have this question before? It's I feel possible. like I knew we this say, weirdly about Dan. People send them in, but uh, yeah, no, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really a concert person, although I had a mm-hmm. nice time. Um, but so the only reason I've, I've only been to two concerts. I've been to Andrea likes more of like the, you know, country music slash pop ish country music. And so I've seen Florida Georgia line and Zach Brown band, although both were a, a long time ago at this point. Uh, so no, I haven't seen Kesha. Um, I've never really been into like seeking out going to concerts and so I've never like you know personally chosen an artist to go see in concert although I do like both of those they have nice music so it was a good time if you could go to one concert would it be Kesha yeah I actually wanted to go um she was like doing a tour this year and she uh didn't have a stop in Philly but she did have one in Pittsburgh and I was thinking about going back out and like staying with a college friend um, but it was like the Thursday before I had an exam on Friday or something mm-hmm. or like I had something mandatory in person. So I couldn't go sadly. Got it. Yeah. When's but your it, birthday? She's great. What's that? When's your birthday? My birthday is February 7th. Yeah, coming up. Fans of the pod. <laughs> Start a little GoFundMe action for Dan going to Kesha. Maybe uh, charity then, or something would be better, but yeah, or, you know, or me to this, Kesha. This sounds like, like a worthy cause. They're like equal um, causes. <laughs> um, Emily, now you've been to see the Jonas Brothers, who we know you love. Uh, multiple times, multiple yes. Times. Yes. Um, what was the first concert you've been to? Uh, my first concert was Hanson when I was like seven. In the Umba era? Oh, yeah. Huge. Huge. Love it. At the Hirsch Park Stadium, it was great. Me and my mom went. If you could, is there a, is there an artist or a band out there that you've not, never been to see that you would really like to see? Well, there's like a couple like weird things I would really like. Like I would have, I've seen One Direction, but I really would like to see Harry Styles. Um, like on Wait, his own. He, oh, he wasn't there. Oh, no, no, no. You're saying you want to like see. Like solo Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Um, I'd also really like to see like Taylor Swift in a small venue. I've seen her in large venues. Um, but of the person I've never seen, I actually go to a lot of concerts. I think Ed Sheeran, I'd really like to see Ed Sheeran, mm-hmm. but also in a small venue because now he plays in like Wells Fargo Center. I just don't think his music is as good. I think it would be really good at like the man or like something small. Yes. But I would like unplugged. to see Ed Sheeran. Yes. Yeah. What's the song where they're 70? It's the one where he says he's going to stop loving her once she turns 70. Or, or, or keep oh. loving her when they're 70. Yeah, I think she'll no, keep loving her. No, he says until, until 70. Maybe they're no. both going to die. Then. There's no way. We need it. We need it. That's what he says. He us. says, I'll be loving you till you're 70 or something. Emily, and then he's like, fine. This? this is why we need Drew. I'm on it. Okay. <laughs> so he says. What, what song is this, by the way? It's called Thinking Out Loud. Okay. Um, it's a good and song. Says, and Joel's song. I will. 
Yes, he did. Yeah, he sung this um, at All Star Weekend. That I will be loving you until we're seventy, but he doesn't until like, we're seventy. But like, he doesn't say that. I think he wrote this song until. when he was like like 23 because it says yeah. my heart could still fall as hard at 23 so when you're 23 like you think you're going to be dead at 70 so i think I it see. was just meant to be like until we're old yes. i think he's gonna find someone else at that point well i don't think so dan but you can just <laughs> keep being literal i see both sides of it i think very fine people people on both sides of this um <laughs> <there's>, uh, <laughs> i think that uh uh Dan's got a point where he is saying until we're 70, as if he's really hitting the town. 71st <laughs> birthday, he's out. Um, uh, my dad is over 70, so so it does make me laugh when I think of this. But no, I do think what Emily's bringing up is that he just can't conceptualize being older than 70. So 70 is like saying 140. Um, anyway, we <laughs> carry no further, and we have to talk about the Sixers, who had- We don't have mind, to. We could keep talking about this. This was it could, be, absolutely, it could be more fun. I have to say, this was one of the worst weeks that I've had as a Sixers fan in a really long time. Um, we'll talk about it piece by piece here, but they lost three games, which is not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Um, and Joel did not get really hurt in a big way, which is a as big a deal as anything. Um, they did not treat Ben. Where did the momentum go, Adrian? Adrian, where's all the momentum? Merrill called in a favor. That was the momentum. Adrian, where's the momentum, Adrian? I don't know. Um, and everybody in the league and, and uh, now has COVID. Uh, uh, and, and we'll have to talk about that. Uh, and the Sixers have COVID, which is why we're doing this podcast uh, in the afternoon and not post-game after they lose to the Pelicans. So starting this off, they, they play Memphis and Joel was a late scratch in that game. And so was Seth Curry. They just get the shit kicked out of them against Memphis. Memphis kills them by like 30. Uh, Dylan Brooks plays well. We don't have to talk about that game, but they get killed. Then they play Miami and Brooklyn in a back-to-back, both of whom had like nine players each. Miami's best player is Kyle Lowry and then nobody. None of the other guys played. Butler didn't play, Bam didn't play, and Tyler Hero didn't play. Uh, Brooklyn had KD and then nobody else. Then their next best player was like Blake Griffin. The Sixers lose to both of them. They were down by 20 in both games. And then they made it a game, but then they lost. So maybe don't be down by 20 to those teams that should have no chance against a full-strength team like the Sixers, who even if they're not a contender without Ben, who is still on the roster, but uh, opting to not play um they just look like shit all week they look terrible um we don't have to talk about any of these games in specific because uh, i don't know how much we even paid attention to these games but they look terrible they lost three games that they uh I, it's not that they should have necessarily won against memphis who was stricken by COVID as well but without joel and seth it would have been tough but you can't lose the miami and the brooklyn game when both of those teams are clinging on by a thread with all of these health and safety protocols. And Joel played, he played well in one of them and poorly in the other offensively. Uh, they look terrible. They, they just look awful. So just talking about basketball, like what's going on and what are we, what the fuck are we doing here at this point in our lives? Emily, what do you think? I'd like, uh, in perspective, because I like to try and be the eternal optimist, and I will say, like, I watched the Memphis game on mute while I listened to some podcasts, because once it got out of hand, I was, like, uninterested. And then I was busy the other two nights, so I didn't even watch those. But the Sixers did win a bunch of games when they were undermanned, so I feel like this is, like, reversal of our good fortune to put us back on level playing field. That's what I'll say. It's not that bad. It's fine. You know, the other, the other context is that this is coming off of the Golden State win, which felt so great. We felt really great excellent win. coming off of that. And then they lay an egg like this. And then, by the way, like, so they lose the Memphis game, which is fine, which you can say, like, whatever. They're in Memphis. They scratched Joe and Seth right before tip-off. It's like, that's a hard game to get yourself back up for. Because then you got old Tobias Harris playing and we have to talk about him by the way it's not in the rundown but we have to talk about him and he had some quotes about the fans which i think deserve a, a bit of a larger conversation but then they but then they don't rebound 
and win either of these games that should really be wins. Um, and it's bad. Dan, what's your reaction to these three losses? Two of which I feel like they really had to win. Um, now they're 15 and 15, 30 games into the year. And it's just hard to see it getting much easier until a big trade happens. Obviously now, you know, it's hard to talk about where do they go from here? Cause now the Sixers along with almost every other team in the league are in protocols and who knows what the fuck is going to happen. And we'll talk about COVID later, but like, what do you think about this week? I just think it's kind of what we're in for at this point. Like, you know, they beat Golden State because really, as long as you have Joel, you can beat anyone. But they lose, you know, to these teams that are, you know, missing all their guys because really besides Joel, the roster is very bad. And, you know, the two biggest problems being that, you know, the second biggest problem is that Ben is making $30 million and not playing. And the first biggest problem is that Tobias is making $35 million and is playing. And him <laughs> playing is even worse than Ben not playing. Uh it's it's not good like they they have you know almost 70 million dollars tied up in in guys who are a negative for him uh in these two guys who were supposed to be you know two and three and i don't really see that changing soon i mean they could obviously you know pull the trigger on a, on a ben trade at, at any moment but it could also be never and tobias isn't going anywhere so uh, I mean, it's kind of a bummer. They're very mediocre right now. I mean, they're 500. They're the definition of mediocre. But they have a star. Like, they have a true, a true star, like a true top 10 player. Uh, and the way they've boshed it around them is really sad. Oh, it sucks, man. I, I Like, are they a play-in team? Like, Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Are, they obviously, they literally they, are they right are. now. They're not, they're not going to be top six, I don't think. And I don't think they'll be, like, 11 or worse. So I think, yeah, they're probably a playing team. I also think there's still like maybe this iteration of the roster, but like is not even the all-star break yet. There's still like a decent amount of season to be played. And if they get the Ben thing figured out, I think Tobias is still, I mean, he's not playing well, but I still think there's like some COVID effects happening. Just affects everyone different. Joel, not as much, but I, I don't, I mean, there's still a lot of time left is shitty as it is right now i hope so it's hard to see without the ben trade now they keep threatening everywhere that they won't make the ben trade so if they don't it's hard to see any light at the end of the tunnel right then i agree but like i said like dan said they could pull it any second and then god god knows what happens like exactly you know i'm getting i'm getting some uh chip kelly eagles vibes from daryl morey just like you know, came in and was supposed to be very different and like, you know, kind of do things differently. And, and, you know, what you, like, you know, you expected aggression from both of them, like, you know, and then they get here, it's like, Chip doesn't really want to go for two anymore. And he decides he doesn't need a quarterback who runs anymore. He's just going to use like, you know, (laughs) Sam Bradford. uh, And that's his move. And Daryl, he just doesn't have to trade Ben. Like he just doesn't, he doesn't need to just to just to prove that he doesn't have to because everyone thinks he will. He's just going to prove that he won't, which is it's just the same thing. This, this is where I'm at. It might only make sense to me, but to me, it's the same thing. And I hate it. It's not. I would disagree because I think Daryl has an actual resume in the league that we're in. You know, like Chip was a fucking snake oil salesman who had one good year in the NFL and then turned into an egomaniac now daryl hey, I, hey, I agree executives get washed too executives can be washed as i well. i agree and i'm as frustrated with daryl and and doing nothing and also he went all off season and signed george niang and drummond and and that's it you know and, and he waived george hill for reasons unknown and you know there was some weird shit and i it's it's, it's hard to figure out what he actually changed and it seemed like the ben simmons thing from moment one of the off season was nuclear and nothing happened. Um, so I think there's plenty of reasons to have an issue with Daryl. I think I think the, the Chip Kelly thing is a, a, a bit early here to, to draw that comparison. But I do respect a bit of it, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. It was, it was more of a bit thing than anything. So I understand. I, I, I respect it fully. So today, uh, today we find out uh, from Shams that, uh, let's see, that uh, this part is actually not funny. Uh, Drummond, Andre Drummond and Shake Milton have entered. Now, the other day, 
uh, George Niang entered COVID, for, for COVID protocols and Furkan Korkmaz it, with a non-COVID illness has been out. Today, Andre Drummond and Sheikh Milton also entered COVID protocols. Now, this last week has been awful for the league. Everybody is entering protocols and we're gonna talk a little bit later about like what is the league capable of doing here and what should it do? But just from a Sixers perspective, now this is what happened. Now, and heading into this game that was supposed to be tonight against New Orleans, Joel, Maxi, and Danny Green were all questionable to play in this game. And then the two-way guys were in uh, Las Vegas uh, for a showcase. So they couldn't even call those guys up. So anyway, the league decides to postpone this game. And then tomorrow they're supposed to play in Boston and they're hopeful for that one. I don't know if that is because they're hopeful about the availability of Joel, Maxi, and Green, or if that's because of getting the 2A guys back. But it's always just hard to imagine how, if it's spread from Niang to Drummond to Shake, how it's not going to spread to the rest of the guys. Now, antibodies are- The rest of up. them have already had it, like last week. Exactly, yeah, it's so true. it's fine. It's true. Like Joel that's had it, plan. Tobias it's had it, like... Matisse had it, Isaiah Joe had it. Like, they have more antibodies. Um, but like- it's scary, man. Like, you literally don't know how it's going to affect these guys long term. Keith Pompey recently was on a podcast uh, with um, who was he talking to? Serena Winters on the Locked On podcast about talking about the Sixers' vaccination status. Ben Simmons is unvaccinated, but he's never around the team in any meaningful way. And then he said the only other unvaccinated member of the Sixers is all the way at the end of the bench and never plays anyway. This was He was talking about this in the context of the Sixers going to Toronto. And uh, at some point, there will be a thing where visiting players have to be fully vaccinated in order to play in Toronto. So he was. this was like the first recent reporting. We had heard from Ramona Shelburne uh, months ago that Ben wasn't vaccinated. Keith reported basically on this podcast that it's Ben and then there's a guy all the way at the end of the bench who never plays, who's unvaccinated. Is he also the equipment manager? Mm, I don't know, because he actually plays sometimes. He plays. Now, That's he true. Plays. Who doesn't yeah. play? But yeah, well, no one, he plays as little as anyone though. Well, Grant, like, could it be a two-way? Could it be Aaron Henry or Grant Riller? Mm. Grant Riller just got cut and they signed Miles Powell who I know nothing mm -hmm. about. Emily, I know, do you want to talk about Miles Powell? I don't know. No. Is he vaccinated? We'll find out. So I don't know who the other non-vax guy is, um, but you would hope that in terms of recovery- He's handsome. Stopping the spread. Yeah, whoever he is, you guys are going to vote him most handsome next year because you know that's your type, so. <laughs> he um, said that our most handsome guy is vaccinated. That's fine. True. It's He's true. vaccinated now after he do already spread it to, to Joel. Right? Issue of redaction. On, Maybe well, Joel spread it to him. You don't know, Dan. You don't. I don't know, know anything, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with <laughs> it. It's true. It's true. Dan's our QAnon guy. All right. What do do we think? Like, are they gonna play on Monday? It, it, like this. Woj said, there's optimism about them playing. Like, do you well, think I guess they were just like, um, like did the league call elton and are like is maxi and joel going to be available and, and Elton like did some math and was like well if i say no then we can get another day of rest so right. he was like nah so and then we avoided back to back right yeah so now they're like rest but tomorrow they will be available that's kind of my guess so we might as well just do the whole covid thing uh here so baxter holmes of espn uh tweeted this out earlier he said before last tuesday the single day high for NBA players entering health and safety protocols was five, but there have now been double digit additions for four straight days and five of the last six days overall. As of this writing, 64 players and a coach have entered protocols in the last six days. Like it's wild. Uh, it's 64 players and two coaches, Alvin Gentry on 1215 and Frank Vogel on 1219 in the past six days so this feels like untenable now it's happening in the nfl too like what do you guys think the league is supposed to do here is there anything for the league to do i know the nfl is sort of going to do a thing where they just stop testing as much because they're done with all these positives like they're going to be like vaccinated players who are not symptomatic no more testing like people who have symptoms we're going to test them or people who are not vaccinated, we're going to test them. But 
mean, that's kind of like the rule for the general public, though. I like, know. if you're exposed and you have are vaccinated and you're not symptomatic, you're not like they say, like you don't need to get tested. Right. So, like, is that the way? Like, I I don't understand. Like, people are saying that they should pause the season and wait X amount of weeks and then restart it. But I guess I I see that, but I don't know if that solves anything. You know, like it would solve it would solve the the continual stream of these updates and and the um all of now it seems kind of callous to be like hey call up justin jackson and call up you know whoever the fuck from the g league like it 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 does feel a little bit shitty and i know that it's all driven by money you know of course um on the other hand these guys get their game checks you know like it's also up to them whether or not they want to play right now so the NBPA, I'm sure, is involved in this. Like, Dan, what's your outlook on this at this point? Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with, you know, what Joel had to say. Just basically, I have that too, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you want to find that, but, you know, I'll let you quote it directly. But, you know, the gist of it was, like, they did a great job controlling it last year. And now everyone's getting sick this year because they've eased up on everything. And a lot of it's basically for money. Joel thinks it's very unprofessional, which I agree with. And I... And, you know, one thing I will say is I think Woj has pretty consistently given us like not the complimentary spin of whoever he's getting information from. Um, like, you know, I pointed it out with, um, with, you know, basically how he wrote about Ben, um, where, you know, as soon as it was reported where, you know, Ben is now talking about, um, you know, that he is going to sit for like mental health reasons. Um, and I don't say this to like say, say that he's not going through anything. Like we've said, we're just kind of staying away from that. But like Woj like pretty clearly had some kind of source within Ben's camp and was like, well, you know, Ben will get paid for this and Ben will uh, 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 there's something else. But like just kind of like like even I think he's done a better job than than Shams of like, well, this is what I was told. But here's another angle to it from besides what I was told. And I think he did the same thing with the with the um, with with COVID with the league, where it's like, yeah, the league doesn't want to postpone games, and not just that, like not just for quality. Basically, it's like they're going to do everything they can to not postpone games, and they're right. basically like is like and and like we didn't need him to tell him the money thing, but like you know, it it just clearly is, and he pretty strongly implied it, um, which again, every everyone with a brain already knows that, but. So, um, yeah, they don't, I mean, what they should do is, is pause the season and, and go to better restrictions, um, and, um, have like actual quarantine periods for people who get sick. Um, they should, what they should do, which they won't do is, you know, mandate a booster, mandate the yeah. vaccine at all, which they don't. I mean, the real issue I think with why it's spreading through the league right now is that a lot of the league is vaccinated and you're going to have people pointing saying, look, look at all these vaccinated people getting COVID. When you know a lot of the research, or a lot of the research now is showing you really need the booster. Uh, it's been too long, and you need a booster. Um, and so, I, I, I just it's a frustrating situation. There's a lot of elements to it. Part of it is that you know you have players who don't want mandates, and they're very powerful uh, in the structure of you know, in in the sense of like, you know, they are the product. And they are the stars and they're going to, you know, usually, obviously we're, we're in favor of what the players want, but uh, sometimes when like eight of the players are really stupid and wrong about something, uh, you know, it's okay to be against that kind of thing too. And, you know, Kyrie and like Andrew Wiggins and whoever the hell else are uh, like, they have no idea what they're talking about and they don't want the vaccine and they're, you know, peddling nonsense with their platform. Uh, And I think it's a problem. And I think it's, you know, how it leads to, you know, not enough guys have the booster and, uh, and just, you know, society in general, we have not had enough people vaccinated to, to really have, you know, a good immunity across the population. And so, yeah, it's just a problem that's going to persist as long as they play, but I think they could handle it a lot better. I think that it could be less widespread than it's been, but I'm not optimistic. They're going to, you know, take the precautions like Joel mentioned that they did last year. And so here's, yeah. Here, oh, we just have Josh Akogi on the Timberwolves is now in protocols. Uh, here's what Joel said the other night after the game about like 
the uh, increase in the COVID cases in the NBA. We all got to protect each other, whether it's wearing masks, making sure whatever you do outside of basketball, that you think about your teammates, their family, or your own family. It does suck. But from the beginning, you know, even when it hit us, I was just mad because I thought last year it was great precautions in place. And this year it was all over the place. And I just thought it was unprofessional. And that's where we are now. Um, Emily, do you have anything else on this uh, before we move on? No, I agree a lot with what Dan said. I did think it was funny, though, when Bobby Portis tweeted that he was pissed that Woj didn't report that he was in health and safety protocols. I just thought that was very funny. That was great. Um, As we talked about uh, last week, Woj reported that momentum was kicking up on the Ben Simmons trade front ahead of the December 15th, uh, whatever the fuck, that... Uh, all the guys that signed and all the all the guys more players become eligible to be traded yeah right more players yeah and uh uh, he did not get traded and Woj hasn't said a word he's running from the grind like Dame Lillard and he just hasn't said an absolute word and we've gotten very little on this front and um Dan called it absolutely nailed it um me and Emily are left in shambles, and I was crestfallen. When, this when makes I, up for the fact I've picked every game wrong this year. <laughs> um, I was I was uh, so terribly upset about this. You know, Zach Lowe, in his 10 things column, he, he just sort of uh, threw out a little – he, he uh, singled out Joel's really great defense this year. He said um, – uh, just basically that Philadelphia can't contend with a zero from Ben Simmons roster spot, expect trade talks to heat up. Um, uh, Brian Windhorst said there's a lot of smoke regarding De'Aaron Fox's possibility, possible availability in trade talks. Windhorst also said there's been a number of rumors that have gone around the league in the last few weeks about Ben Simmons trade involving the Maury Quadrangular. That would be Philadelphia, Minnesota, the Kings, and the Rockets. Let's just say there have been a lot of discussions. I've had executives tell me that when Ben Simmons gets traded, it will include one or more of the quadrangular. Not that that's where Ben Simmons would go, but that uh, they would probably be involved because a Ben Simmons trade likely ends up being a multi-team deal. Uh, Tim McMahon said the Rockets have been much better lately, but they get, hey, this is a very good, this is very early in a rebuild. They're trying to wedge their way in and get some ammo for a rebuild for sure. This is tough, man. He's still here. Uh, I'm losing light on this. I don't know what to do. Dan, obviously you called this and, and you're pretty sanguine on the whole thing. You're just, you're waiting back until uh, anything happens, right? I mean, yeah, like I can't do this, you know, like yeah, I can't, can't do it. I can't every day be like, is today the day? It's, it just seems <laughs> like it's not going to be the day, day for a while. I'm telling you, I think it every day. That's awful. <laughs> I agree. Is. I know. Emily, how was your week in this regard? I mean, I'm in kind of the same boat as you, Steve. I just, every time I, and like every time I watch them play and they lose, I'm like, well, they're really, they're, they're down $30 million. Like, so then I like have this weird optimistic, like turn in the way I watch them, even though they suck. Like, it's just, I try to be optimistic and I try to watch all the games, but I have to say, like, it was kind of nice not watching them lose this week. Yeah, I was kind of happy to be busy and do things. Um, I don't know, but I'll never give up. I'll continue to be an eternal optimist. I was ready to go to the game tonight and watch them beat the Pelicans, but now everyone has COVID. So yeah, and they were definitely going to lose to the Pelicans, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) They were not going to beat the Pelicans. I do have Um, to say, this isn't about COVID or I don't know. I think Tyrese Maxey is good. He's great. yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like firmly sticking my like flag in like the this is not a fluke he's not Agreed. playing well I think he is good yeah, he's Agreed. definitely good for sure I'm Agreed. just saying he's that definitely good. I think there's still talk about like is he good like can he do no, this he can do it 
he is good. good. I would like him to stay around. Agree. Um, <laughs> there was a brief moment on uh, <laughs> on, on uh, Saturday when people thought something happened with Simmons because our friend Harrison Grimm tweeted the injury report the Sixers put out and Ben Simmons was not on it. Nowhere. So the there was like, you know, Joel has a something and Maxie has a knee and Danny Green is fucking old and nobody knows what to do. And Simmons was just nowhere. Usually it says Simmons personal reasons out and he was just not on it. So we were in the slack and, and uh, Dan goes, he, he's a thunder. He's a thunder. It's over. He's, he got traded. I am, I have heart palpitations because I'm thinking this asshole is going to play for the Sixers and ruin my night. Like this is what's going to happen. Very quickly, Kyle Newbeck and, and Bodner and, and the other beat people are like, no, no, they just forgot he's on the team. He's don't worry about it. Everybody was like, no, 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 they just he they left him off. He's still he's not playing. It's over. So that's it. I don't know if you guys have anything on that, but that was it. I'm kind of at the point where it's like, I'm okay if he comes back as long as it's like for a funny reason. Like I don't want him to be back. I just like want him to like come and like it has to be something funny about it. Like maybe he comes and then they like they like take him off the injury report and they like trade him before he steps on the floor or like he comes to like, like I said today, like, you know, maybe they were at seven guys and Ben shows up just to be like, yeah, you're going to have to play shorthand tonight. Cause I'm good. I'm no longer away. I'm here just to make you guys have to play. Like if it's funny, I'm good with it. But for the most part, obviously still no, thank you. Just to ensure they lose <laughs> like, and don't have a postponement. Like, what if they just make him, like, they would have, like, made him available today and he had to sit on the bench and, like, he sat there, like, with his hood up and, like, scrunched really tight so you couldn't really <laughs> see him. But there were, like, eight players available, but they only played seven of them. Oh that would God. be funny. Like the Mike It would Scott. be funny. I would laugh at that. And then I would be, I would have been so happy to be at that game and I would have just, like, taken so many pictures from above the bench of, of Ben and his uh thing. What's called hoodie? I was looking out. Not that anyone cares, but the NHL has like stopped cross-border travel until further notice. So that's like one sports league doing something about COVID. So we'll see what happens. At first, I thought that was a hockey move. Like you, you hit somebody on the crossboards. But you, you're saying you're they cannot go to travel. Canada Got any it. longer. Yes. So I don't know if that will affect if like the NBA can no longer go to Canada, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But Got it. We'll see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. Um, hey, Tobias Harris has obviously been uh, uh, bad this year. And uh, after one of the games this week, I think after the Memphis game, he said some stuff about uh, fans understanding how COVID and, and he had a non-COVID illness, which I believe had a, another effect on, on him uh, and his, maybe his respiratory, just sort of him in general, um, about the lingering quotes uh, that that has on on his body and, and on fans and athletes and that sort of relationship. Here's his full quote. Fans and people watching, nobody cares. You know, that's just a fact. Nobody cares. Like, what is going on with you health-wise, at home, whatever. It's like, what are you doing right now on the floor to help the team win? So that's part of the game, honestly. I'm not complaining about it, but there are guys who have had COVID, like, we do have those conversations. Like, how do you feel? How does your how does your wind feel out there? Or yesterday, you had some chest pain. Regular type conversations throughout the night. And like, I don't know what that was, but those things, like, they're real. Okay, so this was uh, a conversation, I guess, in the uh, Sixers internet for, I guess, a day here. And I think we can talk about it. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. I, I'll start. I think it's interesting. I think that more than probably any athlete in Philadelphia, people go so 
immensely far out of their way to acknowledge Tobias as a nice guy and a good human to a an unprecedented degree. Like we don't even know if he is. I'm just gonna put that out there. I'm not <laughs> saying he's not. Is. I'm not saying is. he's not. Stop. I'm just saying like we don't know him personally. Like he might be a real jerk. I'm. I don't think he is. But like the way he. Pre- well, we, we don't, don't know. know any of these people. But, no, we don't but, know them. But the way that he presents himself is certainly of a upstanding teammate and a nice guy. He was excellent, especially during the shutdown as it related to the George Floyd stuff, like all, all of it. Tobias has been a completely upstanding guy in the community, he does charity stuff, he's great. But, but what I'm saying is that like, he has underperformed his contract in a massive way, especially in the biggest moments in the playoffs. Um, but even still, shows like this one and every other caveat every conversation about him with how nice he is and how good of a guy he is. So. I have a hard time with this because he is the one guy that everybody feels like they're on eggshells about because of how nice he is and because of how much they feel like they need to acknowledge that, you know? I, I just want to say, I don't, I no longer feel on eggshells about this. I know, I you, and you have. I did the but whole I'm thing saying, for I'm a while. I'm over. I understand yeah. that. But I'm saying in general, people do yeah. this with him no, way you're more right. than anybody else. It's like annoying how much they do it. I, they, but they what definitely I'm saying is like, as people who talk about basketball sometimes, and as people who talk about the Sixers, we have to be able to say when somebody is playing badly and when somebody needs to be playing better or when somebody ought to be better or, or should be traded if they're not good enough. You know what I mean? Like, if we can't say that, there's not a lot to fucking talk about. You know, um, as always in these conversations, there are people at the games and online who take it too far and who should be muzzled and like banned from the internet and from the stadium. And we're not talking about that. Like those people don't deserve a seat at the table, don't deserve a key to the internet or to the anywhere. Like that, that's not, we're not talking about them at all whatsoever. Like those people are fuck faces and they're not here. And we're talking about people who are like talking shit about him playing poorly. And I think that you have to be allowed to do that if you play basketball in the NBA. And people booing at the stadium is allowed and it is like part of it, you know, like, I'm sorry, but it really is, you know? And like long form shows like this one, I feel like really have gone out of their way to like acknowledge him in a big way, you know? And and probably way more than they ever had to. So yeah, that, that's basically how I feel about it. And, and uh, you know, I, I totally get where he's coming from. I guess I, I, I'm sure I don't get where he's coming from, but I empathize with, it must fucking suck to like turn on the internet and see people talking shit about you all day. Like that sucks. And uh, being at the stadium going like three for 13 and hearing whatever you hear there, I totally get three it. For if you lash out, whatever if if you want to like lash out in a quote like i get it like i totally understand but like i don't think that there's a ton of merit in what he's saying because of the ways that people have gone to such lengths to acknowledge him as a human being despite his underperforming since he's been here so that's that's how i feel emily what do you think i agree with you for the most part i guess i'll have two caveats one is you're saying he's underperforming his contract, but I don't, I don't, and I agree with you, but I don't think that he ever performed up to his contract. He, all sure. that contract was always too big for him. It's like, you're setting these expectations for this guy based on the money that he makes when he never showed that like, he's that guy. So it's like, how are you going to live up to those expectations or that amount of money when like, that's not something you've ever done. So I think that's like a little bit unfair to, to him to say like he doesn't like play up to his contract. And I agree, but like that this is not the contract that he should have. And that's I fair. think a lot we all said that when he got it. And like if I was him, of course I would take that contract. Like sure. of course, but what are you gonna oh. do? Um, and then my other thing is I the only thing that I I am fine with saying Tobias is playing badly. I where I get frustrated and like hesitate is when people say like Tobias is a bad player I think they're two different things 
I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's playing really badly right now, but I wouldn't say that he's a bad player. Um, and I think it's just like semantics, but I don't know. I just like, I don't like to like roundabout be like, this guy is shit all the time, 24 seven, always terrible. Um, but yeah, he's playing like it right now. Well, and he's, he's so miscast. Like right here, he has to, because of his contract and because of, He's not a good team opting, basketball player. I well, think and he's... the Sixers opting not to do a bench trade for anything that they could get, you know what I mean? Like, forces him to also try to be something that he's not. But but it's just it, – it's all bad for him right now, too. Like, them not doing the bench trade is awful for Joel, but also really, really awful for Tobias. And none of his shots are going in. So it's like – it's a yeah. really perfect storm of, of bad shit for, for Tobias. Dan? Yeah, where I get frustrated with this kind of thing is like, you know, I'm not saying this doesn't happen with, you know, other players on other teams or in other sports or whatever, but like we've consistently seen, you know, Sixers players want to talk about the fans when they're playing poorly um, as if there's like some blame for us to share. And I think it's one thing if Tobias is just speaking honestly and he's, and he's saying, you know, well, it's hard, you know, and like Steve, you kind of got at this where it's like, yeah, you know, it sucks when everyone is, you know, upset with you and you're doing your, and, and I think that's a very different thing than what he said, first of all, because, you know, on one hand, you know, it's obviously true that, you know, just because he makes a lot of money doesn't mean that he can't, you know, be sad about something and he wants to do well and he's, and he's not. And so, you know, on a, on a human level, I get that kind of thing, but what he said is, kind of more you know the fans don't care about his health they don't care about you know they don't they don't understand it meanwhile I mean like what 800,000 people in this country have died from COVID so I think a lot of people do know about COVID um, and do understand that but um, just the idea that like something from us is owed to these players is just really doesn't sit well with me I find it very frustrating like I don't think that we owe them any kind of unconditional like love, like respect. Sure. You have to be respectful. Um, but like Tobias is signed a $180 million contract because regular people who don't make a ton of money care about this team and what this team does. And that's why this kind of money is in the game. And so regular people also get to say, this guy is not playing well. We're not happy with how this guy's playing. Like you said, there's a line and you know, People do cross it, um, but just in general, when he says the fans in general, you know, that's us. That's people who are not doing anything crazy. Um, and like Tobias is not is not owed, you know, us being a fan of his or us, you know, loving what he does on the court or, or you know, being hush about him playing bad because, you know, he's on our team. And so you have to blindly support these guys. Um and I, I'm not saying he said it, but it did feel implied that like, oh, you just have to stick by him as he like, you know, kicks the ball out of the bounds and has no idea what he's doing out there half the time. And like, like truly messes, he like, he's a very good, you know, um, not, he's not very good at anything, but he is a good, you know, one-on-one guy, but he's, he's not a great one-on-one guy. He often gets in Joel's space. He doesn't play well within the flow of the offense. He's a good he, overall player. For sure. He, Just in, sure. in general, he, he's a good he messes up. He, he makes things hard on a lot of guys. And he, he messes up in ways that like players who are considered his caliber generally don't. Um, he's just a frustrating player. And you're allowed to say that as a fan. I mean, his contract is fueled by your interest as a fan. There's a difference between, you know, saying something absolutely awful about Tobias, which is unacceptable, or saying, I don't like his game. He's not good at this. I'm not happy with how he's playing. If he makes a mistake, I would boo. That, that's, that's a very different thing. And so, you know, on one hand, like, I'm sure that, like, I'm sure that sucks. I'm sure it does. And if we're, to, if Tobias is going to say, which I'm sure he would, if you asked him this, you know, the fact that this happened sucks, I would say, well, yeah, of course it does. And I feel bad for him in that way, but to like place some kind of blame on us and act like, you know, we're not giving him some kind of like, you know, respect or, or, fandom or appreciation that he is owed I just think is ridiculous like we he's not owed anything from us and you don't have to just like 
love these guys unconditionally. That's not what this is. That's not what we sign up for when we say we're Sixers fans. And so I don't like that. That seems to have happened a couple times now uh, with the Sixers just in the last like six months, because that's not, that's not what this is about. That's not, that's not how this works. Yeah. I hear you. I think that, yeah. Like pivoting from poor play into Philadelphia fan discourse is like, not not the move the oh hey two quick uh doc things who i and we have have generally tepidly and mildly defended uh george niang went on jj reddick's podcast recently and uh they shared a quick back and forth about uh practices under doc rivers and about how there basically are not zero and uh and uh JJ was talking about how life is good under Doc. You never, ever practice. You never, ever, ever practice. And um, I guess my thing would be, I don't know, maybe try it, right? Things aren't going great. Give it a shot, doctor. Doc, give it a shot, maybe. Try one practice quickly. Um, Secondly, it seems that Doc has chosen to just supplant Danny Green with Matisse in the starting lineup uh, permanently, it seems, at least for now. And I don't think this is smart. There are certain matchups like against Golden State that I get it because they have a nuclear scorer that you just need somebody like Matisse, who's a savant in that way, that I totally get it. And you'll take whatever offensive dip that you have. But the Sixers' original opening night starting five with Maxi Curry, Green, Harrison, and Bede is plus 11 per 100 possessions. And then if you place green with Thibel, it's minus 33 per 100 possessions. And the offenses just get so hard because Maxi is not an excellent shooter and, and Thibel really can make threes. Um, and Harris isn't making them this year so far. So I, I, would, not, I, I would only do that on like an absolutely need to basis. Um, Dan, do you agree with that? What do you think? Like for the practice thing, um... For Danny Green is better than Matisse, and I would not be starting Matisse over Danny Green. Yeah. Uh, to answer your initial question, I, well, um, and I know part of it is Danny's had hamstring stuff, but you can still limit his minutes and start him just to play that unit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and listen, I think most teams like do not practice particularly often in the regular season anyway. Um, and here you have two players who have played on multiple teams. You know, basically saying you practice less under Doc, which like, sure, whatever. Um, I don't think Doc <laughs> try one. Sure. Like, I don't think, I certainly don't think Doc is one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah. Um, I just think that he's had to make a lot of lose-lose decisions this year. That's um, I think the roster is not good. I think that, you know, he's going to look bad no matter what, because he's, guy, he's the guy making the choice and there's not a lot of great choices to be made. And, you know, it, I don't know. It bugs me in some ways. Like, I, I don't like where, where, like the thing where it's like, Doc is just a moron. And meanwhile, Daryl's like this, this genius who has done nothing but sit on his hands. And I, I think I think Daryl, you know, generally has a better track record than Doc at what he's done. And so I, in some ways, I get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it just does kind of bother me how these guys are talked about, where it's like Daryl's done nothing, like literally has not done a thing, has put Doc in this awful situation at this moment. And Doc, sure, like, he, you know, I'm sure he could have handled a lot of things better at this point. But to just act like he's this big dum-dum and Daryl's this genius I just do like it just rubs me the wrong way I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that you know it goes deeper than that uh but it does really I I don't like it it rubs me the wrong way but Doc Um, is Daryl's guy like people never will will acknowledge this but like he is I know that he didn't hire him but like Daryl likes Doc. If yes. you ask people around the team, Daryl absolutely really likes and trusts Doc. Like, it, it's not just, yeah. like, grandfathered in. Like, people well, and, try and, to talk about them as separate entities, but it's not that way. Well, and what the hell do you want Doc to do at this point? Like, there's only so much he can do when the team is not good enough. Yeah, and I for agree. a while, I think, you know, things were, like, before Joel got COVID, things were held together relatively well. Um I don't know how long you could like reasonably expect the team to, you know, look good with all the outside things going on. 
but they at least came in and, you know, Doc, or, um, Doc's not the only one who deserves credit for that. Lots of people around the team do. But he's not just some, like, idiot who is just, like, messing up all the time and has no idea what's going on. And I agree, like, there's better coaches. There are many better coaches. There's also worse coaches. And, like, I don't, like, it just annoys, like, if the team is, is losing to Memphis by 35 and you don't have Joel in and Tobias stinks and you don't have Ben – and you want to nitpick at Doc's lineups. And it's like, just say you hate the guy. And like, I'll admit it, like I've like, I've gotten in the same thing where it's like, you know, like I've probably been too hard on certain players at times or stuff, but like, it's just fr- like, it, and we did the same thing. Uh, I will say we did like, not we, but like people did the same thing to Brett where it's like, everything was Brett's fault. And it's like, just like, coach. you're just scapegoating the coach. And like, you don't really... <laughs> under like I don't I'm not like pointing fingers here but like most of the critics don't understand what they're talking about and like I don't know the x's and o's of the game certainly no one who's critiquing knows them at the level to be an NBA coach and so I just find it very frustrating and like I think it's fair to compare him to other coaches and be like other coaches seem to get more out of their guys sometimes but like he's not just some moron who is like holding Daryl back as Daryl does literally nothing like come (laughs) on Emily, uh, any thoughts on the practicing thing or the uh, Danny Matisse uh, thing? Um, nothing like of significance. I agree that they should start Danny more. And maybe Doc is scarred because the last time he had a practice, it became like national headlines because someone oh, had a. Right. They tried it and it didn't go great. So that's maybe a great he's point. Like, not doing this anymore. No maybe, way, they have, how. maybe if they have practice, Ben has to be there. Uh, and, oh. and Doc's like, I'm having none of that. Doc goes, I tried one practice. And, and look what happened. With a fucking Samsung in his pocket. I will not. Uh, the Nets this week. Now, okay. The Nets have a COVID outbreak. The Nets have uh, health and safety protocols all over their roster. And they need players. Um, and who do they call but Kyrie Irving, who still refuses to get vaccinated. Uh, He is unmoved by any overtures by the franchise who told him during training camp before the season that now Kyrie cannot play in Brooklyn because home players cannot play in Brooklyn who are unvaccinated. And the Nets refused to have him play and practice with the team as a part-time player because you can play for Brooklyn on road games half the year if you're unvaccinated and you can practice with the team but you cannot play in home games. And they said, Kyrie, we will not have you as a part-time player. You are either with us or you're not. Uh, So either get the vaccine and play with us or don't. Then they get a COVID outbreak and, uh, you know, the team, everybody who's playing the team is fully vaccinated and they go, yeesh, boy. All right. Well, what do we do here? I guess, I guess let's call Kyrie and let's have him as a part-time player and say, fuck it. So they call Kyrie. And there's two angles to this. One of them, I don't think we need to talk about much. Like as a Sixers fan, of course, it's bad news that Kyrie is coming to play with the Nets. He's a really, really good player and he makes them a better team. Obviously, if he can't play in any home games, the threat is somewhat neutralized uh, if, if they're like the number one seed and he can't play in four of the games. But whatever, it's Sixers are a playing team <laughs> currently. I'm not, I'm not super sweating a playoff matchup right now. Um, this is like fucked up. Like this is incredibly morally bankrupt by the Nets to take this stance, this moral stance that Kyrie's unvaccinated and where we are is mandating the vaccine for, for uh, players in this setting. And we're not going to have him as a part-time player. And then COVID-19 is ravaging our team. And we're going to get the one guy who doesn't believe in the vaccine that staves off this pandemic. And we're gonna bring him into our facility to play because he's good and we need bodies. Like, I think, I think this is so fucked up. Like, forget the Sixers, forget any of that. Like, uh, <laughs> like two weeks ago, I said I would trade for him. I'm a fucking shithead, like whatever. Like, I think this is like incredibly fucked up for them to have this stance and then just to walk it back all these months later in the midst of this sort of outbreak. I just think it's really uh, shitty. Um, Of course, two days later, he has to do all this testing and 
Kyrie gets COVID. Um, on a human level, of course, you hope he's okay, but like, no shit Kyrie gets COVID because he doesn't believe in any of this. He thinks it's a hoax and he's unvaccinated and this is sort of what happens. So he gets COVID, we hope he's all right, sure. Uh, they asked uh, Sean Marks, the GM, uh, if Kyrie Irving has given any indication that he will get vaccinated eventually. And Sean Mark said, I have not talked to Kyrie about vaccination status. I don't think that's been appropriate right now. It's not appropriate? <laughs> what, what are you talking? It's not a dinner party. Like this is the thing that's been preventing him from playing with the team. And now you're just like, no, I, I wouldn't want to offend anyone. I mean, Kyrie's so full of shit. It's unbelievable. He just posted... Um, on Instagram, a picture of Muhammad Ali with his mouth taped as if Kyrie is some sort of activist on par with Muhammad Ali and they're, they're silencing Kyrie. I mean, he is just remarkably full of shit. Um, Emily, your reaction to the recent events of this week in Brooklyn with Kyrie? I don't. It's crazy. I just want to firmly say that check the tapes. I never wanted him on the sex. It's true. It's true. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Dan, uh, any reaction to uh, this week's Kyrie news? I, one thing I will say is I kind of disagree with your implied, and you didn't directly say it, but I think what you're saying is there's some kind of hypocrisy here um, by the Nets. And I, I kind of disagree with that because I don't think that they were ever taking any kind of moral stand on vaccinations. I think that they were saying we don't want a part-time player because that's worse for us as a basketball team. And now they've changed their mind and think it's better. So you, for you think, you think they were saying like, just from a pure basketball perspective. I think that they didn't want, you know, the change all the time. And they basically said, you know, everyone's getting sick and we have guys in and out of the lineup anyway. You know, they have like 10 guys who, who are in protocols. So might as well bring them back since it's, you know, a problem for everyone, not just him. Um, I don't think that they made any kind of stance that, um, originally they, you mean, they, they yeah. were like pro vaccine or anything. Uh, so I don't, I think it's dumb. I don't think it's hypocrisy though. Um, I just think it's so fucked up to be suffering from this pandemic right now and bring in the guy who's so denies this pandemic's existence. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, uh, Ugh. like the, the, uh, but, but you're yeah, right. That, that, you're yeah. right. It's not, it's not as if they actually took a stance on that. It's more yeah. about a basketball. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, I mean, yeah, I would still trade for Kyrie because the guy I'm trying to trade for him is also unvaccinated. So, yeah, right, uh, right. I mean, he talks about it less, which I guess is, you know, <laughs> less annoying, but he's also a worse player. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's whatever. I mean, we've talked enough about, you know, why we're pro-vaccine and why these players are ridiculous. Yeah. The, these players who don't want the vaccine um, who are ridiculous. And so whatever, you know my thoughts on it. I've already given him this, this episode. Yeah. Okay, the final thing, which uh, I believe is a happy thing, which we haven't been able to get to uh, over the last couple of weeks. Rich Hoffman tweeted this after one of the games. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have seen this or done any digging on this. He said, believe Joel Embiid dropped fiance tonight when talking about his family post game, which I'm not sure was no. Either way, good for him. Is Joel engaged? Emily, have you, do you know anything about this? So I've been trying to find this picture for probably the whole time you were talking about Kyrie, which is why my answer was like, I hate Kyrie, <laughs> but because I was doing other, I was doing other hard work. Right. There was a picture on Anne Paula's Instagram story, the game that Arthur was at when he uh, was at the game, like the picture the of Arthur game, from, yeah. from the in the suite and it looked like she had a big ass rock on her finger and i remember showing it to jordy and being like oh is that an engagement ring and then i clearly didn't send it to you guys should have um and now i can't find it on twitter anywhere Shit. but it was probably a story it was a story but that doesn't mean people don't screenshot it so yeah i think they are but i don't have my second piece of evidence right now TBD that would be incredible. That would be incredible. Um, Dan, two-part question for you. Who has a better chance of this is actually a one-part question? <laughs> Who has a better chance 
of getting invited to Joel Embiid's wedding. You and me or Ben Simmons? Oh, God. Uh, no, Ben Simmons, because we would weird Joel out, and you know that. Like, we would weird him out more than Ben? If we met him, oh, my God, we'd be so weird about it. We're, like, in love with him. Yeah, but no, we've he got can't have energy. that at his wedding. We'll when I saw him on the streets, I got his family. Yeah. Ben, would just the sit, open bar. ben would sit around. Ben wouldn't bother anyone. Ben would sit at a table by himself and like play video games on his phone. Ben would be a great guest compared to us. We'd be like getting involved. No, there's no way. There's no way we could be invited. But I mean, um, you hitting twisted tees at Joel's wedding? Come on, it'd be fun. <laughs> No, I would have a great time. I'm just saying, I don't think that we would make it a great time for him. Picking Joel you know, up in the chair. He'd be like trying to take pictures with everyone. and like. In my mind, it's a Jewish way. Um, do you think oh, he's... Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we're invited. Maybe we're invited. <laughs> do you think he's engaged? What do you think? I don't know. I actually didn't... I hadn't seen any of this. It's been a busy couple of days for me. But yeah. um, if that would make him happy, then I hope he is. And if he doesn't want to get married, then I hope he's not. Uh, but, uh, so no matter what, I just hope he's very happy. Love him. Me too. Finally, we are going to go ahead and predict this week's games, if there are games. Uh, Emily, go ahead and update us on the standings, please. Of course, there's one less game, as, as they didn't play against New Orleans tonight, but what do you got? Dan actually starting to make a comeback with his his uh, pessimism. So he actually went <laughs> two and one because he got both the losses right. And then me and Steve went one and two because we only got the losses right. One loss. So I am 16 and 14. Steve is 17 and 13. And Dan is 14 and 16. Wait, so, so I'm still in first, right? Yeah. Huge. But Dan right. is creeping back up towards us. Yeah, how, sorry, how many so games back am I? You're two games back from me, three games back from Steve. Okay. Here's the question. Okay. Do we have to hold these New Orleans predictions for when the game happens? Like, should I just keep uh, them off to the side? We have to just keep We'll redo it. Games? Yeah, we'll redo. All right. We'll redo fine. it for when um, Kyrie's on the Sixers. There you go. <laughs> All right. This week, the Sixers play at Boston, home against Atlanta. Uh, it's like I can't even keep up with who's all in protocols, but Trey Young just went into protocols today, so he won't play in that game. Uh, and at Washington, at Boston, home against Atlanta, at Washington. Did I say Washington twice? Who cares? Boston, Atlanta, Washington, no back to backs. I will go first. I will say that Sixers will three wins. Wow. Emily, you're next. Um, three wins. Everything is bad with the team. Three wins. All right. <laughs> Why would I, they win three games? I don't. I'm gonna go. I'll go. I just can't pick them to lose against Boston. I can't do it. Like deep in my soul. And Orford's then in protocols, so it's gonna be a lot. Let freedom ring. It's gonna be a lot of eating. Yeah, it's great. Uh. I'm going to go win. I'm hopefully going to the Atlanta game, so I don't want them to lose. So I'll go win again. I'll go win-win-loss, even though in my heart, I really think it's win-win-win, but it'll probably be loss-loss-loss. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I right, my bets. Yeah, this is, this is tough. The, the, here's why it's tough. Because I think the most losable game is probably at Boston. But like Emily, I just will not pick him to lose a game. You'll never pick him to lose against Boston. No, I hate Boston so much. Yeah. Uh, will not pick them to lose to Boston. And then we have Atlanta, and Trey Young is in protocol. And so that's another win. And so we have two wins here, even though the team has been playing terrible. Uh, so I'm going to say win at Boston, win at home against Atlanta, lose in Washington, two and one. So you guys have the same. Yeah, win-win loss. All right, we did it. Um, thank you for listening. Hey, go ahead right now. Follow, subscribe to the Gastroenteritis Blues feed. On that feed this week, we have a very special bonus episode with a very special guest. Uh, you will hear about that guest uh, when the episode drops. Don't want to um, jinx it. Don't want to jinx it. Don't want to overpromise. 
Um, but we will have a special guest this week, and the only place you'll be able to hear it is on that feed. Uh, will not be on the Liberty Ballers feed. So go ahead, subscribe, and follow that other feed, and we will uh, we'll be with that special guest. Um, rhymes with Shoel Chambid. So go ahead. No, stop it. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> it does not. But go ahead and and, and follow and and subscribe to that feed, and you'll hear that that uh, that episode this week. Get well soon to the Sixers, certainly, and, and every other team in the league with all the COVID going on. Um, follow Gastro Blues Pod, Third and Girl. Uh, what else? What else, you. everyone? You forgot yours. You forgot CJ your Lindman, of course. Hey, the movie I did that came out a little while ago, uh, This is the Night, James and Monica movie, hits Netflix tomorrow. Woo! Oh, tomorrow. yeah. Tomorrow. Yes. Very exciting. That's so, exciting. Uh, that is exciting. Uh, watch it and if you like it you can tell me which would be nice and if you didn't like it do not tell me i have very fragile self-worth and it will plummet if you tell me you didn't like it and, steve uh, if you get that netflix bump like are you what are what are your like are you willing to do some like cool netflix holiday movies like what sure. that would be Emily, great i'm not exactly turning down roles at this stage <laughs> of my career so uh so uh there aren't many roles i'm not doing <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um yeah so i'll fucking do that shit yeah sure those are my favorite i just want you to be in one because those are my favorite movies yeah i would do that they don't put a lot of juice in those but i would do i would do that for sure dan levy was in one on hulu that guy's taking all the jew roles Hmm. we gotta get him out (laughs) i really like that was the lesbian christmas movie i really liked it it was oh holiday season the happiest season that's it yes it's yeah. great. You should watch it. First, you should watch Steve's movie on Netflix, and then you should watch that movie on Hulu. because They go like great fun. together. Mm-hmm. It's a holiday <laughs> pack. Um, thanks for listening to this. We love you. Stay safe out there. The Omicron's everywhere. Uh, protect each other. Uh, you know, be good, and uh, we love you. Be safe and be great. Thank you to Drew for your service, as always. And uh, we, You love this one. You love the uh, thank you for your service. Too, it's Drew. always good. It's a good one. I like it. Thanks, pal. I love you guys. Good to see you. Bye. Bye. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today